Hi everyone, it's your host Rochelle, aka Sushi Mushi, and today we are going to talk about tarot cards. There are so many different types of tarot cards, and in particular, we are going to touch on the very famous Rider Waite Smith tarot deck, along with a couple of others that I have, along with some books as well. So, we're going to dive right on into it. Before we get started, I just wanted to preface this episode with a little bit of a disclaimer. Now, with all my episodes, which uh, elaborate on skills, knowledge, uh, even my own experiences, this stuff I have obviously experienced myself or gone out of my way to go learn. My resources are usually books, talking to people, as well as the internet. So if there is anything that you hear me say that you disagree with, please know that I am not saying these things in a spiteful way to trigger anyone. These are simply my knowledge, my experiences, the things that I have seen with my own eyes or felt with my own body. If you have anything that you would like to discuss with me or let me know, please go ahead. I am an open book. I'm happy to have a chat. And if I am clearly wrong about something, I will be the first to put my hand up. Okay, cool. If you have had any interest, even an inkling about tarot cards, you have likely gone ahead and Googled it or walked into, you know, a a mystical uh, shop that sells all sorts of spirituality related items and come across the Rider Waite Smith tarot deck. Now, this is actually the first one I ever bought. I don't really know how I came to that. I think I may have had my cards read by someone and I just happened to be like, hey, I want to do that. But I do remember that I went with my mother to our local local shopping mall and walked straight into a store called, I want to say Tree of Life, but it might have been India Fox. And India Fox isn't around anymore, but I'm pretty sure... It was India Fox. We walked in and I looked at the cards for the longest amount of time, probably 15 minutes. And when picking something, I feel like that might be considered a long amount of time. My mom just kind of perused around the store because they sold really beautiful jewelry that was encrusted with gemstones. If you could name the crystal, like if you could name any crystal, it was probably there and embedded in some beautiful jewelry. So I stood there looking at these cards and at first I picked up the Druid Animal Oracle cards and these are by Philip E. Stephanie Cargom um, and illustrated by Bill Worthington. But for some reason, and I don't know why, I picked them up and I was like, I like animals, so this makes sense. But when I went home and looked at them, I just couldn't. I just like I looked at them and like although it had felt mildly right, I made the wrong decision. So I went back and immediately picked up the Rider Waite Smith tarot deck, went back home and suddenly it just sort of connected for me. Now this particular deck uh, is, and you probably are aware, um, is very, very popular. And I have found as someone who was around 15, 16 years old, it was very, very easy to pull a card and just be able to understand (laughs) what was on the card. 
whether I asked a question or not, I was able to interpret the colors and the symbolism, the imagery in itself, what the people were doing. Um, and that basically sums up my first interaction with the cards. I thought it would be pretty cool to discuss my first card reading with you guys to give you a bit of an insight of, I guess, why I like them. And again, I don't necessarily have all the information about these tarot cards or any tarot cards. I'm not a professional. I'm just someone who really enjoys them and I do my own readings for myself. I am not in a position or in a place where I feel comfortable reading for other people, but I am happy to share my experiences and the feelings that I have as well as the knowledge that I may have. And I'm always open to hearing your experiences and your knowledge. My first card reading was actually done by a primary school and high school friend, his mother specifically. Now, he was always told that he was the, the beacon of psychic and channeling ability. However, he chose not to go ahead with that. Uh, his mother and her side of the family also were very much into those sort of ideas, those concepts, those practices. I won't share too much information as it's not my story to tell, but I thought it would make more sense knowing how this kind of came together. Now, he and I were pretty close through the whole of primary school and high school, and for a few years after that, I would even go as far as saying that we were best friends for some time. And uh, he obviously just learnt that I was into the more spiritual, mystical topics <laughs> um, and, and so much more as well. Uh, we mutually loved Queen of the Damned and the music and I guess that kind of just led me somehow to his house one day uh, sitting down with his mom and she just pulled out a tarot card deck. <laughs> when she put it out the the packaging was tattered, it was old, it was faded, it was being kept in this beautiful velvet black uh, I want to say like a draw, draw strings like sack almost or a pouch and when she pulled it out it just reeked of energy and not reeked in a sense that it was disgusting it just was overflowing with energy and me sitting on the other side of the I don't want to say side it was a circular table but I was sitting across from her it's not a side <laughs> um, it just spilled out of this pouch as she removed it and it's almost like a wave had hit me and I just knew then and there that this was going to be a whirlwind adventure. Now when these cards were read uh, I didn't she well okay how do I say this she did ask me to ask a question just quietly to myself not out loud because we would discuss it further down in the reading but I don't recall what my question was. I know that she asked me to shuffle the cards to split them with my left hand and then give them back to her and then she drew them out. She did them in a cross symbol and then doubled up in some areas. I don't do this um, layout. I do a different layout for myself but this is the layout that I've seen um, I've seen her do as well as other people. Uh, it must be quite popular. It comes up a lot on uh, Biddy Tarot. Uh, she's a very very well-known tarot reader and educational uh, which I think is fantastic. So if you ever want to check her out please go ahead, google her, it'll come up straight away.
Uh, so this, this spread she laid out and uh, after flipping the cards she pointed out a few things. Now immediately she pointed out some issues I was having with my then high school boyfriend and just to paint a picture I was not a cool person. I was not cool. I was a minority. Everybody else was super beachy and tanned, blue eyed and that's just the culture where I'm from. I live on the coastal like south coast sort of area of Sydney it it is what it is and it's totally fine but uh unfortunately at that time I was I was uh being passively bullied uh, because I was the minority and I was unfortunately very easily targeted for this and it was never said directly it was always just you know whispers or being said behind my back literally so I could hear it and at times it was also being said to my boyfriend at the time. Uh, the reason I mention that is because my boyfriend at the time uh, was a cool dude. He was a football player, a jock, that's probably the best reference I can make. Um, and he turned up in these this spread of cards immediately. And a number of things came up in terms of insecurity, the way I was being treated, uh, confrontations, which I can't recall because this is, you know, like more than 10 years ago, probably close to maybe like 13, 14 years ago. Um yeah, she, she went over those particular things that had happened, were happening, and likely could happen, and then asked me what my question was. <laughs> you know, when you're young and one true love, OTP, <laughs> uh, you, you think that's, that's it. And, and, you know, you're very lucky if you find your love, like high school sweetheart, and that's the person you're with for the rest of your life. But thankfully, that wasn't my case. And I look back on this relationship as a learning curve because I was young and I didn't see the signs of emotional abuse at all at that time. So he came up quite a lot and we discussed it quite clearly. And my friend sat at the table too. And even he pointed out some things which I had not shared. So that was my first official tarot card reading and the first time that I had seen the cards in action. I don't recall if I bought my tarot deck before or after this as I was a teenager. It was that long ago but I do recall that when I saw the cards spread out immediately it just caught my attention. Just caught my attention. Let's talk some Quick hard facts about the Rider Waite uh, Smith Tarot deck. Now, one of the first things I learnt about this deck recently is that the original publication did not include uh, Smith on the end, and that would be, uh, I believe it is Pamela Smith. The deck itself has been called a number of varieties of the name, uh, the publisher, the illustrator, and the creator. So having done some research, I learned that it's known as the Smith Waite deck, the Waite Smith deck, the Rider Waite Smith deck, and I believe that's all of them. It was illustrated originally by Pamela Coleman Smith. She followed the instructions uh, of the academic and mystic A.E. Waite. Now, I'm saying Waite because that's how I'm reading it. However, it could be pronounced White, or I think that's really, yeah, I believe that's the only two variations you can really say it A.E. Waite or A.E. White. And it was published by the Rider Company. 
uh, printing company. Uh, so the deck itself is quite simple and abundant in symbolism. Now I think this is what drew me to the deck of cards because of its simplicity and its very, very obvious symbolism. It's a really great starter deck. The colours it's just so vibrant and so clear and concise in conjunction against the imagery that it's not hard to look at a card and see or feel what the message is. When Pamela was hired to complete the task of illustrating the cards, she was given a flat fee for her service and that was it. So I'm kind of looping this back around as the information comes to me in my brain. Uh, but basically, uh, A.E. Waite believed that she was a true mystic. She had true abilities and her channeling and her ability uh, to understand spirituality was of equal or perhaps even higher level to what he had. So when he hired her... He truly believed that she could put this energy into the cards. Unfortunately, he did take advantage of her and only give her a flat fee, uh, or a flat um, payment, with no royalties for the production and popularity in the sales of the cards. Uh, this is why, as well, the name has been reprinted several times to include her surname because everyone just felt like it was incredibly unjust. From my understanding, a new round of prints came out with the original artwork as well as her last name on the front of the deck of cards on the packaging. Uh, for her 100th anniversary, I think it was. It was either her anniversary or her birthday. Pamela's designs for the tarot deck were quite unique. Many other decks had been created, however, they had a very strong Christian or Catholic uh, energy to them, a lot of symbolism that linked back to Christianity. In Pamela's case, the cards kind of stepped away a little bit from this and they downplayed this type of energy and this theme. So, for example, the Pope was then converted into the Hierophant, and I really hope I'm pronouncing that right because I only ever say it in my head. Uh, the Papus was converted into the High Priestess. There was also a very strong use of symbolism that was influenced by Eliphas Levi. Now, Eliphas Levi, and I'm certain I'm saying that wrong too, because I only ever say it in my head, is a very prominent character in spiritualism. So if you guys want to hear an episode about that, please let me know. Alright, so let's talk about A.E. Waite. He was a spiritual seeker and mystic, and his pseudonym was Grand Orient. Personally, I feel that is a very, let's just say, top dog name. <laughs> I am the Grand Orient, <laughs> and I don't mean to say that disrespectfully. It's just a very top dog name. Uh, he actually published a book called the, or a handbook of cartomancy, fortune telling and occult divination. I'm not aware of this book. Uh, I will probably look into it now though, as I'm learning more and more about spirituality and mysticism. And uh, this book was actually the first book in English about reading tarot, which is really saying something, isn't it? I wonder what the actual... 
uh, original books that were coming up at around that time, which language they were, for some reason my brain is saying French. It's saying French for some reason. Uh, I don't know why. I'm certain that I didn't read that anywhere, but we'll touch on that on another time. Waite had a huge fascination with spirituality and mysticism. He was actually a member of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. This is very intriguing to me. I actually have a book about the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. I haven't gotten around to reading it because I did buy it when I bought five or six other books on spirituality and mysticism, which I am slowly working through. But this is something that I would love to talk about and I certainly would love to do an episode about it because secretive and exclusive groups and orders there is something just so something taboo and and just wanting to be a part of it because it's exclusive so we'll have to swing back around to that one at some point whether it's today or in another episode uh back on the cards so the A.E. Waite cards, the tarot cards, they were published by an American publisher in 1916. Then U.S. Games Incorporated acquired the exclusive rights in 1971. And unfortunately, the original plate designs created, the, the designs created by Pamela, were destroyed during World War II. So when they reprinted the the cards in 1971 apparently these are the closest designs accessible so that kind of sucks a little bit the the very very original designs cannot be located they, they were destroyed um, so when US Games Incorporated uh, acquired the exclusive rights in 1971 they were the only ones who were able to get the designs as close as possible my last fast facts is actually about the Hebrew letters which are on the cards. So a tarot deck consists of 78 cards with a major arcana at 22 cards. And the Hebrew letters, because they had ties to the Kabbalah, uh, a tra tradition that began in Judaism, they were viewed as super duper sacred, just out of this world sacred. Because the Hebrew letters are, how do I say, the letters were considered uh, very sacred because they were used to create the universe. So imagine that making the most popular tarot deck known to man, but you don't know this at the time, and you're the illustrator, you're Pamela Coleman-Smith, and you're creating these cards, you're doing beautiful designs, it's, it's flowing through you, the creativity, and then you pop down these Hebrew letters throughout the full 78 cards, the major arcana, and you're aligning your designs, your illustration, with the creation of the universe. Like, if that isn't powerful, I'm not really sure what is. <laughs> Before I move on to the books that I have that have helped me throughout my tarot card journey, I just want to remind you guys again that the information that I've sourced is simply just that. It's information that I have sourced online um, and I 
do want to remind again that should I be incorrect in any capacity, please let me know. I will always be the first to put my hand up because this is a huge learning curve for me. Um, and yeah, I guess you can say in many ways, I am still an amateur with this deck and the knowledge of it, the skills of this deck, even though I got this when I was a teenager. So again, if you have any information and would like to share it with me and um, I will happily correct myself, please do. I'm going to talk about two books that I purchased many years ago. I'm fairly certain I bought one of these when I was either in my late teens or early 20s and the other one shortly after. And before I get cracking, a huge storm just rolled in and there is rumbling thunder non-stop. If you hear a grumbling sound, no, it's not my stomach. It is mother nature making her presence known. <laughs> okay, so the first book I want to talk about is The Tarot Revealed, A Beginner's Guide by Paul Fenton Smith. Over 100,000 copies already sold. I don't know if there's a date on this, but if there is... No, it doesn't, doesn't say when I bought it. Um, it was published. Let's have a look. If I can find it. First published in 2008, which means I probably would have grabbed this book in 2009, 2010. So I was definitely uh, on the tail end of being a teenager. Now, this book really helped me out in the beginning because it breaks down the cards in such a way that you can flick to the little card itself to learn information about it. For example, if you were to look up the Queen of Wands, it's got an image there followed by the uh, history and information, overall information of the Queen of Wands, followed by the general meaning, the relationship meaning, and the Queen of Wands reversed. And it does this throughout the entire book. It also gives you a small section in the middle that's almost like hard glossy paper, where it tells you the story of each suit, which I thought was pretty neato. Uh, there's also a chart of the minor arcana and color references at the end. The whole book is generally set up like this. So if you're quite visual and want to know certain aspects such as relationships only or general meaning only for a certain card, you can go ahead and find that quite easily. Uh, there's also some layouts further into the book, which was pretty handy. However, I always just go back to a three card spread. I really want to learn the what's it called? Um, I want to say it's a cross. Yeah, maybe it's a cross. Also, this storm's really picking up, guys. So if you hear uh, tapping sounds, it's literally rain smashing into the veranda cover, which is like a plastic sort of fencing material. Um, yeah, so I want to learn the cross. I think it's a cross layout. I'll have to look into it. I, honestly, being an adult and just having so much going on in an adult life it's hard to find time to sit down and really study this which is why I'm kind of doing this podcast it's to help me help you and you guys help me <laughs> so we can learn as much as we can together 
So the book itself is quite handy. It's uh, a little bit wordy, I feel, but being a book, yeah, okay, it can be. Um, and I bought this book for $26.95. I'm pretty sure I got this at my local bookstore. It may have been a Dimmix. The second book I want to talk about is The How to Use Tarot Spreads by Sylvia Abraham. I bought this book, I'm fairly certain, from a spiritual store. It's not there anymore, I'm fairly certain. But I bought this with the intention of going through and looking at all the spreads and, you know, what would be the best thing for me. But when I was a lot younger, I didn't like this book. And it's only recently that I've picked it back up and been like, this is really handy. Like, the, there's very little imagery. It is much more wordy than the previous book, The Tarot Revealed. But the way it's laid out is quite interesting. So, it tells you the spreads. Um, for example, Magical Love. And then it tells you the cards numbered and the question associated with the card and positioning. Um, followed by what happens when you get particular cards. For example, for question one, uh, will I ever find my true love? And if the high priestess is the card there when you flip it over and it's reverse, it will tell you a bit of a description as well as what happened for someone who Sylvia's done a reading for. So there's a reference to a Dennis here. And what happened for Dennis, which I thought's really neat because it actually gives you a bit of information um, in terms of experience using this spread for a literal person. It also says at the bottom comments after you go through each question um, and what's happened with Dennis. It says comments and it gives you a bit of a blurb about who Dennis is or was and what his background was, um, such as going to medical school. Uh, he's in his 30s um, and has had several relationships, but non-lasting. So I thought that was really clever. But for some reason, this book just didn't serve me a long time ago. It just didn't. I could not tell you why. But now that I'm holding it and I look at it, I feel as if I will get much more use out of this. So this one was $15. And when was it published? Let's have a look. So the revised edition, which is this one, second printing, 2008 as well. However, there is a 1997 copy and a 2006 copy. So, yeah, I mean, there's several copies out there, which is quite neato. Yeah, this will definitely serve me a lot better than the other book as I am much more in tune with my intuition as opposed to needing to visually learn something as much as I did in the past. I find that for every time I pick up my tarot cards that I don't always reach for a book or for Google as well. I think these days when I ask myself a question and I keep thinking of this question while I'm shuffling the cards and then I lay three cards out, I read them from left to right, just like a book, I am more interested in how I feel and how I interpret the cards in front of me 
in conjunction with my question, then trying to find out what another person or a book or another resource might say as opposed to what I may feel. I don't know if anybody else is like that. It might just be me. I know I wasn't always like that when I first started reading cards. It was definitely something I developed over time. And I don't read tarot cards regularly. I just want to put that out there. I read cards when I feel compelled to do so. Sometimes I'll just pull a card out and look at it. It doesn't necessarily have to be a streamlined reading. I just know that with my own type of method that I have a feel for it when I look at it when I when I see the colors and I see the imagery and I look at how the cards are set up from left to right how they flow and then the energy coming from them that I don't reach for books or resources I have in the past uh, every now and then I might just try to see if I can find another spread that I like but it's not the same as it was when I first began trying to read cards it was more so that maybe I just had an interest of trying something new I think it's totally okay to do to do the cards in any way you like uh, I would like to eventuate into a more, more complex spread where I can read from left to right and then double up on cards or triple up on cards and just continually receive messages but I'm not there yet and I don't think I'm going to be there anytime soon but I think I'm really going to enjoy the journey. The last topic I wanted to talk about today is owning multiple types of cards. I own the generic uh, Rider Waite Smith tarot deck and now I do say Rider Waite Smith even though it's not necessarily that on the cover. It does say on the bottom cards designed by Pamela Coleman Smith but I just add it in there after what I've learnt because I want to honour her. I think she's fantastic. Uh, the other decks that I own are the Druid Animal Oracle by Philip Stephanie Cargom. And please, I hope I said that right. And the other one is the Silhouettes Tarot by Massa September. Uh, I'll start with the Druid Animal Oracle. This was the one that I bought first before I bought the Rider Waite Smith deck. Reason being is that I have a very strong connection with animals. I've always had cats and dogs, lizards, snakes, turtles, birds, you name it. I probably grew up with them. And reason being is that my dad has a strong affiliation with animals. He is someone who doesn't always do very well in large crowds of people. He doesn't always do very well in even small groups of people. He manages and he's gotten better over time but he has always been able to understand animals and I think that's where I get it from. It would explain why I have a house full of fur babies and scale babies. Um, I also have a lot of indoor plants. I think part of my soul, part of my spirituality, part of the essence, the energy that's inside of me, it calls to animals and to plants. I didn't really learn this for some time. It's only recently that I learnt that uh, I was also able to grow and nurture indoor plants. Um, I always knew I could, could do well with animals, but plants is a new, new journey for me. Now the cards, the Druid Animal Oracle, I 
chose these because of my affiliation with animals and understanding their energies. It's a beautiful deck. It comes with this gorgeous cloth that you can lay your cards on. Um, all the cards are beautifully designed. They're illustrated by Bill Worthington. And there's a little book in there that also explains the different types of meanings per card. It also outlines um, types of spreads you can do. There's 33 sacred animal cards, divination cloth for card spreads, 176 page illustrated book and interpretations and traditional lore of the sacred animals. Gorgeous Im imagery. It's almost like someone had taken the finest paintbrush, tiny little tapered paintbrush and painted these gorgeous animals. On the back there are there are an eagle, what looks like a pleosaur, perhaps a horse or unicorn. It's quite small, I can't quite tell. Uh, a raven and a stag. Uh, the cards are gorgeous. I, I know I already said it, but they are gorgeous. I, I think I chose them out of impulse as opposed to connecting. I was young. I thought I bought them for the right reasons. But essentially, I ended up going back and getting the Rider Waite Smith deck. I don't think it was wrong. Uh, not necessarily wrong in a sense that it was a bad idea. It's that it was an impulse, impulse purchase. I can't read these cards. It sounds almost a little bit awful, but no matter how hard I try, I just, if I lay these cards out, I can't pull the energy from them and I can't put my own energy into them. They're visually stunning. I love looking at them, but I just can't, I can't pull from these Oracle cards, which is kind of odd considering I'm surrounded by animals and I understand them so well. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. The other deck I bought, uh, Silhouettes Tarot, I bought these after hearing um, a person on a podcast bragging about these. They just would not stop talking about how beautiful the designs were. And like the way they were talking about it was almost as if there was a sense of passion behind their admiration for these, these cards. So I looked them up and saw that you could only get them from Master September's website. Uh, I could be wrong, but from memory, Master September is Japanese. Um, I believe the name Master September is a pseudonym. It's not their actual name, but if I were to describe these cards to you, you gotta have some some good juju in you to be able to read these because they are literally silhouettes. Beautiful shading in the background. Some of them have got different shades of purple, different shades of green, orange, blue, and then on top of that is literal black silhouettes of different imagery. I am not advanced enough to read these. I want to read them so bad. I look, I look at the cards. I look at the little booklet it came with. It's just, it's so bloody beautiful. And it's even based on the Rider Waite Smith tarot deck. It's just that I'm not advanced enough to, to pull from these. I will eventually, I think, I, can, I think once I get closer to my forties and fifties, I feel as if my intuition and my skill set will grow a great deal. In that time frame as I move into another another cycle of my life. 
I would recommend these cards for their just being beautiful. Like as silly as it sounds, I would recommend them for being beautiful. But I also would recommend them for someone who is looking for a challenge. Master September's website is quite basic and there's very limited information on there. But I'm certain that if you were able to hop online and do a little bit more research, you could find a bit more about him or her. See, I'm not even sure. Or them. Let's just go with them. I'll read you what it says on the back. This is a unique tarot deck. The black silhouette stands out from the dream-like colourful background, which makes the tarot fully filled with mysterious, whimsical and romantic themes. It is suitable for not only general players, but also experienced fortune tellers. Not only... Not only remind a tarot reader with the RWS of Rider Waite Smith tarot deck, but also encourage self realization without restriction. That's quite a wordy sentence. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it does say it can be used by beginners or experienced users, but I. I'm just not there. I'm just not there yet. But stunning nonetheless. And apparently there's only a certain amount of these printed. So if you can get your hands on these, please do. Okay, friends, family, and mystical seekers. We've come to the end of episode two. Thank you so much for being here today. I really hope you had a pleasant experience, that you learnt a little bit, and perhaps, perhaps you had a good time. <laughs> I really do hope you did. So please do not hesitate to contact me or check out the sulfasaltmercury.com website if you would like to touch base. I will have these episodes up in every possible place that I can. Uh, but in the meantime, you are so welcome to touch base with me to have a chat or even tell me your experiences or maybe I've said something incorrect. I am a knowledge sponge. Please tell me your things. Tell me your stuff. I want to get involved. So take care, guys. I can't wait to have a chat again in the next episode. Bye.